you said earlier, when you get the glimpse of self-love and you recognize that it's, we have that ability to make it happen, almost like a game. Welcome to Satori Prime's Have It All podcast, where you get your fix of personal development without any of that fluff. A podcast dedicated to the unending quest of self-discovery and remembrance. You'll discover new breakthrough thinking and feeling technology that will cause shifts in all areas of your life, your finances, your body, relationships, and most importantly, your mind. You'll uncover your truest self and for probably the first time in your life, feel 100% worthy of having it all. It's time to stop talking and fantasizing about your dream life and start living it. So get ready to have your mind expanded in the best way possible. Now, fair warning, if you implement what you learn here, your life will never, ever be the same. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Personal Development Without the Fluff. Elon Ferdman here, and I have a very, very interesting guest with an incredible story, which I'm really excited to get into. Before we do that, I just want to welcome Jonathan Astley to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you today. <laughs> so we, were, we always do a pre-interview, so we were talking about that. We had a great chat, and we were just talking a little bit offline right now as well. So I'm really excited to see where this conversation goes. Before we do that, I would love for you just to share what you're passionate about, about bringing through and how you want to impact the world today. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Well, I don't know if people, if people see my t-shirt, it says the self-love club and I'm incredibly passionate about self-love, which is really for those that think, oh, self-love is a woo-woo term. It's, uh, it's really addressing our self-worth, our self-esteem our self-confidence, our self-reliance. And it's just incorporating all that into the word love because the word love is such a powerful word. Yeah, And I am incredibly passionate because I've recognized both as a dating and relationship coach, but just observing human beings that our number one emotional health issue is I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not likable. And even the most confident person on the outside has some pain and suffering on the inside. And that's why I'm a big proponent of talking about personal development, self-help and spiritual work. And that's why I love your podcast, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So Jonathan, you found your way into personal development in a, we'll call it a trying experience. Something that I think most people would not wish on their worst enemy. So I'd love to for you to share a little bit about that story because I think grief, I mean, you and I spoke about this online. Grief is just something that's so powerful and so few people know how. So I would love for you just to share your story in whatever capacity you feel comfortable sharing it. No, and I appreciate that. And for those listening, I in July of 2018, I lost my 19-year-old son, Connor, to an accident. And anyone who's a parent knows that my greatest fear, you know, my worst nightmare uh, is something happening to one or both of my children. And for 19 years, I lived in fear of that. And boom, this happened. Mm. And what's interesting about that experience was I remember being at his funeral and I was, which was two weeks after he passed and I'm doing his eulogy. And I stopped in the moment of the written speech and I said, I'm going to make a choice right now, and that is to grieve with love. Wow. And in other words, I, I was already witnessed, by the way, I was getting so much love from people. I mean, there's just, you know, I, I, thousands of people wrote me on social media, and I mean, people were just embracing me with so much love. And, I rec- and then I started to begin hearing stories of other people who have lost children. And I, I could feel a lot of pain and suffering, incredible amount of pain and suffering. And I thought, my son would never want me to suffer. And while I, hey, I'm going to say, did I cry and do I still cry? Absolutely. I mean, yesterday I was crying. I mean, I'm sure some point today I will feel some angst. But I make the choice to lean into love. And so he inspired me. Two months after he passed, I was inspired to write my second book. I was actually writing a different book about dating and relationships called Compassionate Dating, Why Modern Romance Needs a Makeover. 
Uh, and I'm still in the process of that. But I wanted to write about self-love. And what came out of the journey of writing this uh, second book, and I published it nine months to the day after he passed, Elon, I connected the dots well before this ever happened. And I I'm going to briefly share that in 2005, I went through a divorce, lost my quarter million dollar year job lost all my money in the market crash of 2018, which was a seven figure net loss. I had to move in with my mother and father as a 40 something year old man. I used to live in a $2 million home. I was doing drugs and alcohol to escape. Yep. And it was the movie, the secret <laughs> that reminded me. And I used the word remind to go back to a personal development, self-help, spiritual practice, which I started before I ever got married. And then I just did a deep dive into personal development. Why I'm sharing that with everyone was it was almost the vaccination to the emotional chaos I was experiencing while my, you know, I'm going through this emotional roller coaster of dealing with the loss of my son. And I believe it created the foundation for me to navigate this without going out the deep end and really, yeah. and by the way, if I started to become, if I went off the deep end, I don't think anyone would have judged me. That that's, that's the thing that I think is so, so incredible. Like, you know, not, not to compare, but um, obviously Kobe just died. Yeah. I, I got a chance to see his wife do the talk at, they did like a memorial thing for yeah, a memorial yeah. service for him. And me and my wife just sat there and she finished talking. I was like, I don't, I don't know how she did that. Like, I don't even understand how someone can stand up after experiencing that. And grief is just one of these things that, especially when someone loses a, a child. Yeah. I don't think that any adult understands what that's like or how to experience it or what the right way is to do it or not. And, you know, when you told me like that, I'm going to grieve with love. I was like, Whoa, that is some really high level thing. Cause I, I honestly don't know. We ended up watching a couple movies recently with it also happening. And I'm like, it destroys me. I'm like yeah. destroyed for, for days. And so I have a curiosity. Okay. Granted, like personal development obviously helps, but it's like, what's that shift like? You know, what's that shift from hating life and feeling victim and, and like not having an idea of how the hell you're going to go on to shifting? Like, what does grieving with love even look like? You know, it's thank you for asking that because I... I don't want to say I wrestled this, but I lean into it and lean out of it all the time. What's fascinating to me is the word love itself. Hmm. Like love is such a powerful word and yet it's often misused. You know, Always, people yeah. say, I love you. And then they abuse people or they say, you know, I'm so loving and yet they're takers and that sort of thing. And as I really lean into the word love, it shifts my energy just even contemplating the word. Interesting. Like, I, and I don't know how to describe this. I just say, what love from from the inside? It kind of comes from the inside. It's not about getting from elsewhere. It's about how can I be giving from the inside? How can I? The reason why I wrote a book about self love is it's loving on oneself. And whenever I'm feeling angst, whenever I'm feeling anxiety or whatnot. I actually practice what's called the Hawaiian forgiveness prayer. Ho'oponopono. Well, I always like to butcher it and say, ho'oponopono, ho'oponopono. <laughs> and, and really quickly, I must say this a dozen or two dozen times a day, and I'll share it with your audience. It's yeah, a please. simple phrase. Yeah. It's, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And thank you. And what that does is it kind of disrupts my neural pattern for a moment because forgiveness means forgiving love. If we actually take, that's what the real intent of forgiveness is, is about actually giving oneself love. And while this simple phrase is not going to you know, cure everything, it's like an antidote. It's like a vaccination 
It's like giving yourself a booster shot, if you will, maybe a better way to look at it is a booster shot of love. And, and it allows for the opportunity to shift. Because you know, you know, you can go down the rabbit hole of negativity and once oh, that easily. takes hold, I, you could be gone for days. And I'm, I practice regularly is trying to catch myself on that branch by doing these little simple techniques to catch myself before I fall into the rabbit hole. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Out of curiosity, so you have, you have another son? Yes. And, and an ex-wife, a former. Yeah. <laughs> How was your experience of when you were looking to approach grief from this place, seeing your other son grieve his own way? Obviously, everyone grieves their own way, right? Yeah. And like sometimes I know when people sometimes grieve from this place of like a higher spiritual vantage point, whether it's, it could be not even a loss of a child, it can be a loss of a parent or even a loss of a job, you know, which you experienced also. It's like people grieve these things differently. And when someone has this kind of like unattached higher level view of it, it can sometimes make the other people look from the outside and feel like the person doesn't care or isn't connected or grieving for that matter. Uh, And I'm curious what your experience was like in, in witnessing other people as you were going through this process. That's a great question. In fact, as I'm processing it, I'm, I'm thinking about, well, I'm going to share with you my, with my ex-wife and it makes me teary. So please forgive me. Great. She's the only person that I can process this grief who literally I know feels exactly like I do. I mean, exactly. Wow. Now, because we, we, you know, his blood is our blood. And thankfully our, our relationship had been relatively you know, healed from the divorce years ago. So we have a very amicable relationship. I mean, we're not friends per se, but very amicable. I get on the phone with her probably once every other month now. We have a two-hour conversation and it's both painful and cathartic at the same time Hmm. because we've let go of any hostility or anger between us. Not because of this experience. I mean, that was let go before. But now we have this mutual shared experience and she's in relationship with someone else. She's uh, practically married. And even though, and by the way, he was a big part of my son's life, literally my son's stepfather. Still, it's the only of the two of us. Now, what's interesting with my other son, I feel as though he is a little bit more avoidant of the experience and he doesn't want to talk about it with his mother or father which is kind of natural for 23-year-old kids. They don't want to talk to their parents about anything. <laughs> so, and while I have a great relationship with them, it's a challenge to talk to him because he's the only other person other than maybe my siblings or family. And so there are times I want to talk to him about mm-hmm. it, but I could feel him pulling back. And I, and I want to respect his boundary, but it's so hard because the little kid inside of me is like, I just want to talk. I just want to tell you I'm in pain. And so, because the reality is, is, by the way, for everyone listening, I I can only speak for myself, but this might give some context. When other people said, I'm sorry for your loss, or then they start to say it's a higher power, or they start giving advice, I couldn't stand any of that. Wow. And then a friend of mine said to me, he goes, two things, and this really sticks with me so much. He said, Jonathan, there are no words. And what I love about that is I don't have to respond to it. It just, it just literally is. There are no words to s- describe this. Yeah. And then the second thing he says, and he says this to me every time I see him, he goes, you are in my prayers. You, my wife and I have you in my prayers every single night. And so there are no words. You are in my prayers. It's like a blanket of love. Wow. Versus, I'm sorry for your loss. You know, there's a higher power. You'll get through this, all that other stuff. Because people don't know what to say. That's it. Yeah. I, I think you just gave me like such a, such an insight of it's like, because really there are no words. And, and I always feel it's so trivial to say all of these things. So hearing it from you, from the other side, I don't know. It just gives me so much uh, insight into how to approach the situation with others that are going through it. 
Yeah, because what was interesting is we feel like we have to console the person's, their pain, you know, like, it's like, I remembered at the funeral, I mean, my wife and I were standing in this kind of procession line and we were like having to, we had to support everyone else's pain. Yeah. And we're in fucking chaos, right? Yeah. Totally. (laughs) We're in chaos right now and we're having to support. So when someone said you're in my prayers, that felt like giving love. There are no words. At least it was neutral. It wasn't like I had to do anything. Mm. And and by the way, I, I've never really been a fa- big fan of the words "I'm sorry" because nobody did anything. To That's us. it. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. No. And I know what they mean, but I still like. I'd like to change the languaging around this. Yeah. I, I think so for I other I've people they would these, too. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So that obviously sparked uh, a very different journey for you, and really yeah. got you on this this self love piece for now. So talk to me about that. Like, what were some of the things that got you back into living joyfully and living in a place of love? Yeah, so I recognize <laughs> I'm a, I began doing A Course in Miracles uh, literally about six months before he passed. And what the irony was, for those who aren't familiar with it, it's, it's not religious by any stretch of the means. The, the miracle is the idea of shifting to love whenever we're in fear or pain. I mean, I'm just giving you the cliff note version of it. And the month prior was all about death and understanding that death is not, is just the death of the body, that the spirit goes on in a whole different realm. And, and I thought, wow, I'm, we're going through this lesson and then this happens. It's, Again, I can't begin this. It's so hard to describe. And I'm, this is tough. It's interesting. I'm, I tend to be so articulate with this. But <laughs> I'm, I'm finding a challenge is that the word love is one of those things that's so hard to describe. And yet I feel is so powerful. And what I've done now is do my best every day to start with saying, I'm loving myself. I'm loving everyone else. In other words, yeah. I'm going to send love out. And then just go about my day and see how it unfolds rather than being, I actually am now living at way more inner peace because I've stopped. I I literally have stopped goals and plans and everything, not because of the loss of my son, because I just want to experience being and not always doing. If that makes any sense. Totally. So that that's, you know, something that we talk about obviously all the time here. Yeah what are some of your practices? Like what are the things that bring you into being instead of doing? So, well, first off, it's interesting because when I'm in doing, and then there's some chaos that goes on and I'm just talking about some anxiety. Like I, I I, recently, I did a webinar and I got like no signups. So, I mean, I got very few signups and I went into panic mode. Sure. I'm like, God, my business is going to fail. I'm like, literally, chicken little, the sky is falling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many times the sky is falling when I don't get like a number. And I realized, interesting, I was attached to an outcome, and that outcome was going to generate happiness. And what's interesting is as I leaned into the idea of outcome, it's two things are going to happen. I could either be happy or what could be the, the inverse of that is unhappy or sad. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let go of the idea of outcome. And when I'm in panic mode though, I immediately go right back to my, my personal development practice. I'll listen to a Wayne Dyer video. I'll Mm -hmm. listen to an Abraham Hicks CD. I'll grab the untethered soul and just close my eyes and pick a chapter just to remember to come back to love. Because in that moment, I'm forgetting. And it's in this space of remembering. And by the way, that's what we were talking about this beforehand, trust or faith. Like it's trusting and having faith that everything is going to be okay. Yeah. I need that little injection to remind me to come back to that. And I find that for me, Listening to us, like I was just listening to Untethered Soul or, or doing one tiny little bit of personal development gets me back on track. Yeah, I, uh, I fully agree. We actually, um, and I, I shared this even with our community, it's with all the work that we do. And I think this kind of happens for, for all leaders, thought leaders, coaches, et cetera. It's like 
you feel like you're bringing through some amazing stuff that makes an impact. And then something like that happens and you just start doubting everything. It's not just like, it's not like, Oh, this, it's like, you start doubting your abilities. You start doubting like, who the fuck am I? Like, why would anybody work with me? Like all this kind of stuff just starts to like steamroll through. And so there's two, two things that uh, I've also done. One, I'm a big avid reader. I think like starting my day reading that always puts me in a different state. Yeah. We have like a testimonial reel that I've made Mm. um, that, that we made as a company and I'll just watch it. (laughs) <laughs> and I'll I'll basically like remind myself of who I am, yeah, and why I am, and it really helps to ground myself back because I think anyone that's ever run a business, you know, like business doesn't go just in an upward trajectory. It's like yeah, it has these ups and downs and things that are just so unpredictable. And you're like, how? And every business owner that I ever talked to, I'm like, does it ever stop? They're like, no, it never stops. The game just keeps getting different and growing, but it never actually stops. So in this world, right, like for you, self-love, because I I think self-love is a a term that gets thrown around a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think very few people actually know what the hell self-love means. Yeah. Right. I made a video today about being kind to yourself and, and remembering that part. What is self-love like in your exploration of self-love? What is what does it mean to you? So, as I shared earlier, it's easy some for some people to go, you know, think of the word self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence, self-reliance, you know, just to to kind of get a sense of what this is all about. I look at myself in the quadrinity, quadrinity four. There's okay. the mind, the body, the emotions and our spirit, okay. mind, body, emotions, and spirit. A lot of people think mind, body, and uh, spirit, but I add emotions to the equation. Is that I recognize now life is like is like a roller coaster. <laughs> I was talking about. It there's going to yeah. be highs. There's going to be lows. There's going to be all this, and it's it's learning to navigate. Kind of, you know, the yin and yang sign. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm thinking of like, what's the line in between the two? Like that's okay. To me, that's inner peace. So whenever I feel off, whenever I feel off, it's time to come back to that center, to inner peace. So I'm now aware that that exists. Yes. And whenever I'm too happy, sometimes that corresponding pendulum will come the other way. Always. Yeah. Yeah. It has to. So I'm learning. So now that I have this awareness that inner peace is where I want to reside, not in happiness, and not in sadness. Nice. Now, let me be clear. When I say inner peace, I do mean joy as well. When I'm not chasing happiness, because that's where a lot of people get stuck. They're chasing happiness. Yep. And I reside myself, how can I be in inner peace? That's how I, I start my consciousness. So, And it's interesting because I'm starting my own podcast called the the What Would Love Do podcast. Ah, I like that name. It's called the What Would Love Do podcast because it's like I ask myself in any situation, what would love do or how would love respond? And it's the, the goal is to take the ego and fear out of the equation. And so when I said earlier, mind, body, emotions and spirit it's the it's that quadrinity i'm kind of thinking in those terms it might be my mind my monkey mind might be going racing away how can i give it love my body how can i give it love give it good food exercise you know really one of the chapters in my book is your body is a machine not a temple Um, (laughs) in other words treat it like you would like you know a really good car that you own kind of thing my emotions, recognizing it's going to be all like this. And then my spiritual practice is remembering that, at least for me, not everyone believes this. There are atheists, there's agnostics out there. I just believe there is a higher spirit and that's our higher self. Mm. That's our self that knows everything is going to be okay. Yeah. And that's what I try to tap into when I'm feeling emotional chaos. Yeah. I love that. I have something that I want to throw out you at you because self-love is again, like I really think self-love is one of these things that gets thrown around and yeah. that isn't really defined. And, and I'm okay with that. I, I don't yeah. think it, 
needs definition. I think at any moment in life, we can have different definitions of self-love. I just want to throw this at you as like where I've kind of come to, which is okay. a lot of the work we do today is what I call, it's, it's kind of based on um, IFS, internal family system. So it's like okay. all these different parts inside of you. And I too, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Like I just call it well-being, you call it inner peace, but like really that state of yeah, just aligned connectedness to the whole and there's a sense of peace and well-being and joy, there's almost this like warmth that fills you where you don't need to do anything from that space. It's just like this beautiful, energetic place. And I find that once you glimpse it, you're like, ooh, okay. And then it becomes almost this game of, okay, how can I glimpse it for longer? How can I stay more and more in that state and operate from that state? And that you know, a book and a talk can point to, but it can't ever take you there, right? So that's like the process that just takes time. And I think like practice, the more you do it, the more you can stay in that aligned state. And what I found is that brings me into that state is loving the whole. So integrating all the pieces. Yeah. With acceptance and love. So the first step is, I think, acceptance, like awareness, acceptance. And then there's this this stage of love because I think where most people struggle, they hear the word self-love, right? And they're like, okay, I'm going to love these parts (laughs) and then I'm going to try to remove these other parts so I can experience more love. And I'm like, yeah, but you get to love the part of you that judges you all the time. You get to also love the part that doubts you all the time. You get to the, the part that shames you all the time. Like self-love to me is finding love for all of them yeah. in order to integrate ourselves into the whole and then bring ourselves into that kind of like center aligned state. So I'm just curious, like, does that resonate? Oh, is that No, crazy? well, there's, there's two things I want to lean into that. So yeah, please. I want to share, because you said something pivotal, which I wished I shared earlier. And this is about acceptance. Isn't it funny how certain things just find us instead of us finding them? I keep hearing these stories from you guys about how you find our podcast. And I have to tell you, it makes me so happy because at the end of the day, we're all in this journey together. And I believe that we bump into each other at just the perfect moments in life. You know what I mean? Well, if you feel that way and you're looking for a home to find more amazing seekers, just like yourself, you're looking to explore new depths of reality and who you are in this world. You're looking to heal feel self-expressed, empowered, and full of love, passion, and peace, then come check us out at The Collective because you'll laugh, you'll cry, and most of all, you'll grow and expand like never before. You see, Guy and I host two live calls every single month for this amazing community we've called The Collective, and it'll cost you less than a dollar a day. In fact, just $19 per month to be exact. So again, if you love this podcast and are getting massive value just from this, then just imagine for a second what being on a call live with Guy and I every two weeks will do for you in your life. You can come check it out, stay for as little as you want or as long as you like. There are no long-term commitments necessary. Just your commitment to yourself to learn and grow. So if you want to join us at The Collective, just head over to satoriprime.com forward slash collective right now and start your journey. And I'm going to talk about my son for a moment because where most people suffer when they go through loss is that they haven't accepted it. Mm. And while I, I mean, I've gone through the stages of grief, denial, anger, depression, all those sorts of things. Acceptance is the kind of the final piece. In other words, it's that awareness that, you know what, this isn't going to change. I cannot bring him back, whether I wished it I can wish it for the rest of my life. It won't come, you won't come back in his mortal body. Now yeah. I've had great spiritual connections with him since his passing, but that's too much to share for this. <laughs> so first it was that acceptance that gave me a sense of a little bit of peace. What you shared that glimpse of self love, right? I, I literally want everyone to imagine them 
wrapped in a blanket of love, when mm. the, knowing what that feels like. I went and did the Hoffman process yes. almost uh, two and a half years ago, three years ago. And it's really quickly, if you're, you know, it's an inner child workshop to heal childhood traumas and wounds and that sort of thing, an amazing experience. And on the second of last, second to last day, they did an experience that I can only describe is I felt what it felt like to be wrapped in a blanket of self-love. Wow. Because I did such a deep immersion into myself. And then, like you said, I got the glimpse. It was like, it was like I was in the, uh, what's in the Star Trek movie, the, uh, the Nexus. I'm in the Nexus. I know what this feels like now, okay? And I encourage everyone to find out what that Nexus, that self-love feels like for them. Because now that I know it, okay, I want that more. Yes. I want, and that for me, it's leaned into inner peace or well, well-being, inner peace. Same, yeah. um, whatever that resonates with you. Because I do believe where most pain and suffering comes from is the chasing of happiness. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, the Declaration of Independence is the pursuit of happiness. Well, I want it, my podcast, it's, it's life, love, and the pursuit of inner peace. And that's the goal I seek for myself. And, you know, and I invite everyone to kind of lean into it and see what it feels like for them. Yeah, it's, um, we live in a world today, very different, you know, like a thousand years ago, the people I feel like were innately way more connected to source spirituality. I'm not saying that like our lives aren't better in millions of ways, right? Yeah. Like from, from medicine and from longevity and things like that. We live in a world today, in a, in a culture today that is filled with so many distractions and yeah. things that take us out of that inner peace. So while on the one hand, we can play this victim side and go like, oh, yeah. you know, blah, it's, it's so much harder today. It's so much noisier, blah, blah, blah. On the other hand, I, I feel like as a soul, we've chosen to come here yes. at this time yes. to experience what is happening exactly here right now to expand our ability to find inner peace in a world that is so chaotic and noisy, seemingly chaotic yeah. and noisy. Yeah. And I think like to me, when I made that switch and realized that everything is happening for me, not to me, yeah. it, it, everything became a lot easier and everything became like a learning teaching moment, learning yeah. growing moment, I should say. And it changed everything. By the way, you just, that's one of the chapters in my book. Everything happens for you, not to you. And you said something very important there. When you think back to a thousand years ago, what was uniquely different in humanity is we were way more connected to Mother Earth. Yes. We we're way more connected to nature. Yes. So what I recognize, and it's one of the chapters in my book, is to go seek out nature. Because planet Earth is the most stable thing we have. You know, in other <laughs> words, I mean, well, I mean, you could be standing up above a sinkhole or something and something <laughs> could collapse. But, and I live in Los Angeles, so there's earthquakes. But Literally, our earth is the most solid force we have. And nature connects us to earth. So I live by the ocean. Some people live at the mountain. Some people live at the desert. And I, I encourage everyone to find 15 minutes in their day just to connect to nature. Because that is something that, yes, thousand years ago, nature and, and survival, it was all about connecting with nature. So just even 15 minutes brings us back to the, sol the solidness of earth yeah. and, and that solidness within inside of ourselves. Yeah. Guy that I work with who was, he was a functional medicine doctor. So like it had okay. almost nothing to do with spirituality whatsoever. He prescribed to stand out barefoot yeah. on ground, not cement, but like on dirt, grass, whatever once a day for 10 minutes to have yeah. that grounding effect. Because I agree with you, like back in the day, no one was wearing shoes or even if they were yeah. wearing shoes, it wasn't rubber, which disconnected us from that grounding effect that mother earth or Gaia has. And, you know, like we go to Colombia once a year to this incredible garden to, uh, to partake in, in ayahuasca ceremonies. Yeah. And I will say that pretty much the entire time I'm there, 
the grounds are just so beautiful. Like we're walking barefoot, whether it's yeah. on ground, stones, grass, etc. There is an energetic exchange that happens when we are tapped in like that. That is, it's so simple to do, and it's just so profound for our body. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you said something earlier. Is that busy, chaotic lives? Busy, busy, busy. You know, we are in this environment, and. One of the things that shifted when my son passed away, I think I shared this earlier when I said I kind of let go of goals and intentions, yeah. not from a complete abandonment perspective, but from a, that chasing perspective and allow myself to be more. Um, I'm now experiencing these things because I created the time for it. Like, in other words, I give myself a lot of time throughout any that. given day to do those things, to connect to nature, yes. to work on my body. And I think people that are busy are avoiding, this is just my perception, a lot of people choose busy to avoid really leaning into their feelings and, to, and, and they're escaping the opportunity to do the work. Totally. And we see this now with social media, how many people are just hypnotized through their, you know, smartphones and other devices that they're, you know, that's what being awake is all about is letting go of that illusion and coming back to mother earth, coming back to oneself because, and, and you asked earlier about self-love just to give you a simple analogy. Self-love is like, you know, when you're on the airplane and the flight attendant says in the case of cabin pressure change, oxygen masks will drop. Then they said, if you're with a child, put it on yourself first. first yeah. Self-love is the oxygen of love that you give yourself first because it's difficult to do anything unless you're, you're giving yourself the oxygen of love. Yeah, so true. And it's something that you don't quite know till you start that practice. Yeah. It's, you know, there's people that are programmed. I'm not going to get into like the, the labeling of it, but you can recognize yourself as you're the caretaker of others. Like you, you always take care of others first. And I think society has made that we, we've like given that the big medal, right? Like the, self yeah. the selfless ones, they're the yeah. most amazing humans, this and that. And I started to just question all of it. Like I'm, I'm all about questioning all beliefs. Like I just like that process. And a lot of people who are selfless were programmed from a young age to get that they received acknowledgement and love when they were acting selfless. So the program went in and goes like, oh, I'm going to be selfless because that's how I, I achieve, you know, love and connectedness and all this stuff in yeah. the world. And they do it to a detriment because they're basically like completely depleting themselves. Yes. Of they're, they're not I'm not saying that they're not doing it for the right reasons, but they're like, there's this sense of depletion as they're doing it. Because it still comes from this innate place of, I have to. I'm not saying that they want something in return or anything like that, but there's this sense of depletion. So even that, it's like, that's not in alignment. You know, right? it's, yeah. And you know, it's interesting about many of those folks, and this is a tough one for those, some of those folks who might be listening. Who are oh, no, this, this, this right now, they're, 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 they're hating this yeah. conversation so, right And what they're going to hate what I'm about to say is because I've witnessed that most of them have martyr syndrome. Yes. In other words, I give so much and I get so little in return. Well, give to your fucking self first exactly. before you give to anyone else. Yes. That's why when you said with the oxygen thing, like I know that when people align themselves to that place and they really start giving themselves that first, yeah. they end up being able to give to others in an effortless way so yeah. much more than they ever were before. And that, you know, like when you said the oxygen thing, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. You can't give to others. Wayne Dyer always said this, right? You can't give yeah. to others what you don't already have in yourself. Yeah. And uh, by the way, you don't have to have a full cup of self-love. You know, sure. the cup doesn't need to be full, but at least be pouring love into it as much as you can. Now, Alon, I want to say something to your audience because there are people that have had significant childhood wounds or real trauma. I mean, deep-seated trauma. Sure. And I'm blessed that while I had wounds and micro traumas, I didn't have like real abusive upbringing and maybe even abusive adult life. And I'm a big proponent, and I talk about it in my book, 
is to go seek professional, I mean, real professional help. Yeah. Because even personal development, self-help and spiritual work is fantastic. There's no doubt about it. But for some people, they may need real deeper work. And, and I'm a big proponent of doing that. And so, uh, because some people think, you know, a lot of life coaches out there are selling the panacea of a great life and they have no real, real background in helping people. Yep. And there's, and this has become the trend. I mean, coaching and life coaching is like the big, you know, industry out there. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are doing it at the detriment of other people. So my first disclaimer when I talk to a client is I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. There's no certification for what I do. You need to seek medical treatment. I'm, if I recognize it, I'm going to point you in that direction. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's really interesting that you said that because like I too had a really loving upbringing childhood. My parents still happily married, uh, yeah. just celebrated 40 years. I had a great relationship with my brother. I, ha I had just a really beautiful upbringing. And I remember the first time I went to a seminar, this was like my first entrance into personal development. Yeah. On day one, the first woman that got up to share was raped by her brother. Yeah. Uh, the next two or three also were like physically abused by either their uncle or their... I sat there for the first four hours I was like, I get it. I have so much to be thankful for. My life yeah. is amazing. Like, I thought that's what I went to the seminar for. It ended yeah. up being obviously a lot more than that. Yeah. And now that I work through, I've realized like how many. I mean, I don't know this to be factually true, yeah. but I know that I work with a lot of people and I could tell you from the people that I work with, at the, at the minimum, 60% of them have been abused in one way, shape or form. Yeah. Having said that, what you pointed to, there are people like us, you know, who had really good upbringing. Yeah, there's my mom and dad when they were younger. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I sat there and I was almost ashamed to mm. speak the things that were my traumas yeah. because I was like, what, what the fuck can I possibly? Oh, my dad who calls me three times a day and like, I think he's trying to control me. Like it sounded so asinine. I was like, I, I can't even bring this up. And, and I just want to point to that because every one of us has traumas. Yes. And I don't think like there's, there's not a measure like your trauma is bigger than my trauma. Like our traumas of, of me thinking that my dad controlled me was in my world, in this lifetime, just as big as someone raping me. And I'm not trying to compare the two. I'm just yeah. saying like a trauma in a system is a trauma, period, end of story. So like for those that didn't have these things happen, I can tell you from personal experience, like I'm as fucked up as anybody else out there. <laughs> I didn't maybe have those things, but I'm just as fucked up as everybody else. Yeah. And in a beautiful way, like, you know, I'm not. Yeah, no, I know. You and I share a similar yeah. story. It's so just I like get. thinking that your thing isn't as important or as big as someone else's is doing yourself such a big disservice. Mm. Because in this lifetime, this is what you get to work through. We yeah. all have shit to work through. Every single one of us. And if you want to learn to be more self-loving, if you want to have better relationships, better sex, more money in your bank account, a better body, et cetera. Like it has to go through healing these traumas. Yes. There is no other way. There is no getting around it. There is no overcoming it. There is no getting through it. Like it's only one way. And that's like, you got to go through to get to the other side. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So as you said that, I was like, you know, listen, we got cards, beautiful cards this lifetime, like truly. And then you got dealt a card that most people would think like that's the worst possible thing to happen to a human being. oh you know that's why when people even talk about you know the loss of my son i'm not discounting anyone else's experience of pain or suffering we all i, I do believe on a spiritual plane we are given just as much as we can handle so for the, I, I just, I feel like that's the case. In other words, our, this journey is I'm given this much to handle. Someone yeah. else's journey is given this much because we all have the capacity. I don't like the word handle, 
but I think you get the gist of what Be I with, mean. Yeah. Yeah. Is that we get that opportunity. And I do believe on a spiritual plane, we all get to choose the ride we're on. Hmm. And so it's kind of learning to go, okay, let me backtrack for a second. My son, the one who passed away, he loved the movie, The Matrix. Oh. And he totally believed we lived in a matrix. I mean, he believed it. And he, he was one of those kids that beat to a different drummer kind of kids. You know I mean? Everyone, you know, he wasn't a conformist, total nonconformist contrarian. And he goes, I'm going to manipulate the matrix because he realized it was. I love it. And let me rewind one second. I just want to share it with everybody. He graduated high school and he didn't do well in school. And he said, mom and dad, will you give me one year to figure out my life? Wow. Or you put pressure on me. And he passed away one year and three days later. I remember this. This is, I said this in the eulogy. I remember this like it was yesterday. Wow. I think his spirit knew, and his last year, he lived balls out. I mean, he did crazy, rebel, rebellious kind of things because he knew he was here for a short documentary instead of a full-length feature film kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and everybody has a different, it's action-adventure, romantic comedy, yeah. romantic chaos. Yeah. You know, everyone has their own. So he totally believed this life was a game. I love that. And I think that's kind of like when we, you said earlier, when you get the glimpse of self-love and you recognize that it's, we have that ability to make it happen, almost like a game. We can manipulate, and the word manipulate doesn't even sound right. There's probably a better word, but we get to navigate it. Yeah. We actually, we can navigate how that looks. We oh. have the power within us. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I too love that movie. And I do believe that we're in the matrix. I think a lot of the work that I've done, I remember my first, the first course that I did, I actually felt like I was unplugged from the matrix for the first time. Which course was it real quick? I did the landmark forum. Okay. I I I thought maybe you did mankind project. Yeah, no. So I did that when I was in 2003, that was like my first foray into, into this world. And I remember driving that. So the course Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I remember driving to the course Sunday, I was like an hour and 15 minutes away. And uh, I'm driving and I I actually had to stop on the side of the road because the trees, and I had done drugs, like, you know, I'd done hallucinogenics and the trees were lit bright green and like fractals. And I was like, Dude, what the fuck? Am I having like a flashback? It was just everything got so enhanced. Yeah. I parked on the side of the road and I'm rubbing my eyes. And the more I rub my eyes, it's just showing up more and more and more. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And I called my brother who had done the course and he was in the advanced course at the same weekend. And I'm like, dude, I think I'm losing it. Like, da da da. He's like, no, man, the same thing happened to me. He's like, welcome to being unplugged. And it almost felt yeah. like I was seeing the world for the first time through a whole new set of eyes. And I will say that that's actually happened to me in doing other types of work. Yeah, It's happened to me time and time again, where it's like you're in the same room, but the room looks totally different, or you're in the same place, but it looks and feels totally different. And, and that's the part, you said it earlier, it's like, it's not learning, it's remembering. Yes. I feel like we... We have everything erased and then slowly but surely on this path, if we're open to it, we start to remember more and more of who we are. And to me, that's the game. Like it's the game of can I in this one lifetime remember as much as I humanly can to kind of like continue that path that I was on before. Um, so I love that, that uh, you brought that through. Thank you. I had a weird perception the other day that I'm right now dreaming. This is all I'm dreaming, right? And I had this perception of what what it's going to be like when I wake up. And that, you know, that light you see when people say they see the white light is just your eyes opening. And am I going to be a giant? You're like, I had this vision. I was this bigger giant waking up or whatnot. And and I kind of wonder, and I mean, I just like to play with the idea is this is the dream. And I actually can navigate it the way I want, you know, if I choose to. And I, I'm fascinated because how many times I choose experiences that feel painful, that I can remember to love again. Yes. 
but I feel like I'm going to wake up and then that is going to be my next dream. Uh, and I'm going to go through whatever period of life, like my son, it could be a short documentary. It could be an action adventure. And then I'm going to wake up to the next one. I just like to play with, I just started to play with that. It'll be interesting to see. That's very I'm cool. Doing. Yeah. Listen, no one fucking knows. Yeah. We have no clue. We have no fucking clue. Like, at best, it's just a guess and a theory. And like, yeah. you know, you might all end up there wherever the hell there is, right? And like, look back and go like, ha, forgot. <laughs> um, Although, you know what? Every time I watch Fight Club, I go, okay, is it we are going to be maggot food someday? And all this doesn't, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, and I kind of even lean into that sometimes. <laughs> By the way, that is my all-time favorite movie. Oh. <laughs> Fight Club is like... Oh, so good. It's um, in my top 10. Matrix is in my top 10. Same, uh, same, absolutely. Fight Club is in my top 10. What was the last one? Well, The Matrix is in my top 10. Shawshank Redemption yeah. is in my top 10. Groundhog Day I love is that. in my top 10. Nice. And, and you know why I love that? It's such a great metaphor for what we're talking about because every 6 a.m., we get to do a do-over. At 6 a.m., the clock clicks, you know, Sonny and Cher are playing in the background, yep. and we get to do it again a different way. If we choose. Yes. And when he decided to take a personal development journey, because remember, he starts reading books, yep. he starts playing piano, and he, then he helps humanity. Yep. And by doing that over and over, and by the way, there's some theorists that say it was 30,000 years he lived the same day over again. Oh, wow. Others say 30 years. So I've heard two different stories. I'm going to go with 30. Yeah. He remembered to come back to loving himself, being of humanity, nurturing his soul, and then he woke up. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Jonathan, I could do this with you all day. Uh, I value your time. And so... How can people find you? How can people find the book? Well, I don't know if there'll be a link right here below, there, but I'll yeah. be giving away a couple chapters of my book. So it will be jonathanaslay.com forward slash love to get a couple chapters of my book. You can certainly go to Amazon. Uh, I've, I'm now building a YouTube channel that's I'm shooting three videos a week. So Google my or put my name in YouTube, Jonathan Aslay. And then now I'm starting a podcast too, the What Would Love Do podcast. So that's going to be launched in March of 2020. So beautiful. Yeah. Look forward to that. Thank you so much for being here. It was just such a great conversation. Yeah, truly uh, beautiful. I'm really happy that we connected. And uh, thank you all for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. Have an amazing day, everyone. I really hope you enjoyed that awesome conversation as much as we did delivering it. And as always, thank you for your continued loyal support and your listening. Now, if you haven't already done so, please make sure you go to Facebook right now and request to join our amazing private group. It's called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It is a quickly growing community with amazing souls and amazing support. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, I can absolutely guarantee that you will love that group. Also, as I mentioned earlier, if you head to satoriprime.com forward slash my Satori, you can grab that latest 90 minute mind expanding training for free. So go grab a notepad, a drink, and buckle up for that one amazing ride. And until next time, have an amazing day, my friend. We look forward to personally connecting with as many of you as possible and seeing how Satori Prime can help you achieve your dreams today.